Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. All right. Amen. You may be seated. Brother Ali, if you will come. Amen. Praise God. Lord bless you. Amen. Appreciate you very much, Brother Ali. I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's a good thing. You know, because if you're ashamed of the gospel, you're none of his. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the name of Jesus. Praise God. So good to be here in his house with his people. So good to praise his name, to feel his presence, to feel his touch. Sister, uh, Sister Sarah asked me if I was nervous. I said, no. I am. See, it's a very big responsibility when you're speaking the Word of God. The Word of God can do two things. You can build somebody up or you can bring them down. So when you speak, you've got to be sure that you're tuned to the Lord. Because um, I'm not here representing myself. I'm here representing Him. See, because when you laugh at me, it's okay. I'm a mortal guy. You can laugh at me. I make mistakes. But he doesn't make mistakes. Okay? So he put me here today. Um, have a message. Have a word. It's an encouraging word. And I really feel it's going to tie into, into what the pastor pre- preached on, on, uh, on Sunday, you know, which I shared with a friend of mine today. God's not done with you yet. It's an awesome thing. In the days that we're living, it's good to know God is not done with me yet. Okay? So before we get into the Word, I'd like to, for us to stand up and pray and go before the Lord. For those that can stand up, I should say. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God. We are a needy people, Lord God. And we pray that you be with, with us here, Lord, that you... Anoint your word, God, that you touch your speaker, Lord, touch your people, God, that somehow, God, we are going to get closer to you after we hear your word, God. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. The value of life. This is what I want to speak on, the value of life. Now, if you, most of you, probably all of you know this, the devil is not your friend. The devil wants to kill, steal, do everything that he can to bring you down. So we know that. Why am I bringing his, his name up? Well, because this morning, right, I'm at work, and everything's going wrong. Everything's going wrong. And I shared with Brother Sam about it. And I started getting frustrated, and I started getting upset, and I started getting mean. But then I realized who was behind everything. So I rebuked him. I said, listen, devil, 
Today, I'll be teaching the Word of God for the honor of Jesus Christ. And you're not going to take the joy from me. You can be throwing all these things. He was throwing everything in the kitchen sink, like I say. Everything. But I came against him in the name of Jesus. And I said, today, people are going to hear the word of God. People are going to get excited about serving God. And people are going to grow in the word of God. So you better get out of here, devil. And that's what I told him. And he did. So I'm not going to be jumping, but I'm excited for God. I'm excited for the word. I'm excited because I want to grow in his word. Now, I need to share with you what, what, how this message came to be. Okay? This message came to me probably in the beginning of October, mid-October. I was in Kennewick at work, and, uh, and I heard this ambulance. I mean, not, nothing. I mean, we, we always hear those things. But this one particular one was different. This one caught my attention. So I start following it. And it parked right across from where I was. So I said, let me take a peek at it. So me and two other uh, co-workers, we started looking at it. And I could see firefighters, police officers, paramedics. There were a bunch of them right there at the Justice Center. And I said, what's going on? And all of a sudden, one of my coworkers says, well, they're doing CPR on somebody. And I looked, and the man was... Okay, that's the first time that I've ever seen something like that. Okay, I've never seen people hanging to their lives. People look at it in movies and, and they, they, oh, okay. But this is serious business. I think it was on a Tuesday. So I'm there and, and I'm watching this. And I'm praying, God, have mercy. God touched that soul. I couldn't see the person. I couldn't see who, I could just see the paramedics going hard, pushing on the chest, trying to save a life. And to me, it was just a regular Tuesday. But in my mind, I said, this person might not make home tonight. His family might get a, some bad news tonight. A police officer might be knocking on that door and say, your husband or your son or your brother or whoever didn't make it today. He died. So two of my co-workers that were with me, one said, made this comment. He says, well, by law, even if somebody's dead, they still got to work on you for half an hour. The other person was a paramedic for 14 years. And he said, I was in this situation three times. Twice, the person died. The people died. One time, I was able to save him. So it got me to think about the value of life. How, how do we look at our lives? What is life all about? Is life, is life just what we see? Or is there something more than what we see? What is, 
what is life all about? And I kept, kept on pondering and looking at it and thinking about it. And then it was time for me to move on, so I had to go, but I'm still praying for, for that person. Still didn't know who it was because there was so much commotion, so many people. All I could see somebody working. And then the next day, they came to me and one of the, the co-workers and said, the person actually died. A man of my age died. He was attacked by one of his friends that killed him. So I have a question today. What is the value of your life? What does it, what's the value of it? See, maybe people don't give you much value. People might look at you and not give anything for you. Just, just, you're just a nobody. There's a couple of brothers that uh, I worked with them on, on outreach. And some of the stories they told me shocked me. Okay? One, one I know for sure is still serving God. The other I haven't seen for a while, so I don't know what's going on with him. But this brother told me, he says, Brother Ali, before serving God, I didn't care about life. I didn't care about nobody. He said, I could wipe out my whole family in a drop of a hat. Today, because of Jesus Christ, he's one of the sweetest men you could ever see. He preaches the word of God. He invites people to church. Completely changed his mindset. But it was because God touched him. God showed him the value of a soul. Every single soul has a value. Every single soul is important in the eyes of God. People in this world, like I said before, might not see anything good in, in someone. But to God, it's a beautiful thing. It's his most prized creation. The other brother that I haven't seen in a while, also we were working, doing some outreach. And he said, you didn't know me before this, Brother Ali. He said, really? He said, I used to be in gangs. I used to carry a gun. If you come to me, look the wrong way, I'll just pop you. No value. No value for a life. To, be, to kill somebody was like nothing. Until God touched him. Changed his life. I also know somebody, and he passed away a few years ago. Remember I said that some people don't give you value. They don't, they don't think there's nothing important about you. This man used to be a drunkard. Used to go to the bars and do things that Christian doesn't do. But see, he wasn't a Christian. But one day, he gave his heart to the Lord. So he went into that bar again. And he said, guys, to all his old friends... There's something better. Let me show you something better than the bottle. There's something better than all the things that you guys are drink, doing. Now, one of his friends looked at him and said, Hey, wait a second. Who are you to teach us? You used to be just like one of us. You used to be drinking and looking at the girls and doing everything that we we're doing. Who are you to judge me? 
He says, exactly. I'm not that person anymore. I am not because I receive my God. I receive the touch from the Lord. The only one that doesn't see the value in me now is you and the devil. Because God sees a value in me. See, when God sees us, when we changed our lifestyle, it's a beautiful thing to him. Because he remembers where we, where we were and now where we are. He sees the growth in each one of us. See, we all grow in the Lord. See, when we start serving God, you may start over here. But as you let God work in, in your life, he's going to take you to places that you cannot believe what he has for you. Because like the pastor said, God's not done with you yet. He sees a value in you. Or maybe you don't give yourself value. Some people don't value themselves. We need to value ourselves. If we are serving God, we need to value what he has done in our lives. We need to remember where he brought us from. Where he's taking us to. Value it. Be thankful. Tell him. Tell him, God, thank you. I do. See, let me ask you a question. Do you think Jesus died for nothing? Do you think one day he decided to go to the cross for nothing? No. But that's because he saw the value in you, in every single one of us here. That's the reason why he decided to go to that cross. He was not forced to go. He was not pushed to go. He says, this is my life. I lay down. And he went through a lot to pay the price of what we're worth. He paid a lot. So you need to believe that the Lord did a lot going through that cross. Now, do you allow bad days or bad decisions to influence your self-worth? Oh, you don't know. You don't know my life. Oh, I've done so many bad things. Oh, uh, you don't know how bad I was. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The price that was paid on that cross is more than enough to cover your debt. See, I, I don't plan on going to heaven on my own doing the only way for me to make to heaven is because of Jesus. I put it all on his account. Lord, I'm here because of you. I'm not here because I do this or the other. But it's because one day I gave my life to you and I applied your blood upon me. It cleansed me and made me your son. And now I have a value in your eyes. And my life is so valuable in your eyes, Lord. That is the only reason why we can make it. See, Jesus, the Bible says, is as close to you and to me as the calling of his name. When you call on his name, he shows up. When you call on his name, he'll do the work. Not on your timing. See, and that's the bad part. Because we expect things to be done right away. 
But he takes us through steps. That's how he teaches us. Because things that are so easy given, we, sometimes we don't, we don't place a nice value to it. Okay? But when things are hard, difficult, it's a fight, you're going to place value to it. Praise God. Why do you walk around discouraged and defeated? See, I'm not asking the world that because the world is discouraged and defeated. But I'm asking the people of God. Why don't you look at yourself and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done in this life. Look how, how far has God taken me. Praise God. He is your source of encouragement. Call to Him. Luke, can I have Luke 15, please? We're going to see how valuable we are to God, according to His Word. Praise God. So He spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if, she, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes, he, and, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. He's going after you because he sees your value. God says, you know what? I'm going to leave my 99 right here. These are safe. This is a safe spot for me to leave them. But Ali has left me. He's in the world right now. And I can't leave him there because I love him so much. Because I know of his potential. Because I know of how much value I have placed in his life. And when I find him, I'm going to hug him. And I'm not going to let him go anymore. And I'm going to rejoice with my friends. This is my lost sheep in his back. He's right here with me again. And that's, we, and that's what some of us are. We were lost sheep. See, I was, I was not. I can tell about myself. I can tell about you. I can tell about myself. I was not born into this. I was a lost sheep. If you were a child, if you were a child right now, that, you know, your dad and mom brought you here, your grandpa, grandma, whatever, what a blessing. You don't want to experience being lost in the world. You don't want to experience being, being told you're worth nothing. Like so many kids that I see that they're just, they're disappointment in life, and you look, they don't need to tell me anything. I just look at their faces. And, they, and I say, oh, my God, what's going on with these kids? And it's just like they feel like worthless, that they have no value, that their parents don't care about them. No value. You are precious in Jesus' eyes. That's all that matters. Okay? Now, right at this moment, this is the worst time of the year for people with uh, uh, depression and anxiety. And taking their lives. I just found out last week a 28-year-old woman took her life, left a 5-year-old child. Depression. 
they look at themselves and say, I'm not worth anything. You're worth something. God didn't die in vain. You are worth something. So I want to encourage you. Call your friends, people that you think that are not there. Mental health is a big problem right now. In this time of the year, people are lonely. There are a lot of people that are lonely and they have no hope. My brother battles it. I, I talk to him and I try to encourage him. See, my dad's out of the country for now, so he's by himself. So I call him, I encourage him. He couldn't be here today. Talk to your friends, to your family members. See, Jesus looks at us as his bride. Let me see here. Brother Kelly, you're a bride. You're Christ's bride. You know what? When he looks at us, at us he looks as a beautiful bride. You know, I remember the day that I got married. My wife was beautiful. She's still beautiful today. But I'm saying, the day that, she, that I got married, and I said, I can't believe she's marrying me. Beautiful. Pure. That's how Jesus looks at his people. He looks at you. Jeff, you're beautiful. You're pure. Well, that's not me saying, that's Jesus saying. So he looks at us when we are his, and we are the apple of his eyes. In fact, the Bible does say that he protects us. Like if somebody's touching the apples, apple of God's eyes. Try touching somebody's, somebody else's eye. See what happens. Okay? Imagine God's. Like I said before, he faced the cross for you. He saw value in you, in me. He wants the best for us while we are on this earth. I have no doubt about it. He wants to bless us with everything that he can. Right? But I really think he gets really excited when he thinks about what he has for us once we make home. That's where he's really going to show us all the toys that are waiting for us. Let's just say that. Right? You know when you, you meet your friends and that you haven't, seen, you haven't seen in a long time. Right? So, oh, come and let me show you my house, what I have in the house. So they start showing. And then they show their cars and stuff. I actually knew of a garage that you would park your car in, going this way, right? And then you push the button, and something happened on the floor. It would go around so you could leave, so you don't have to back up. That's a cool toy, right, for this earth. But imagine what Jesus has in store for you, Brother Brian. Just imagine. You know, let your mind go into it a little bit. Just dream. Dream about it. Praise God. Luke 12 and 7. But the very hairs of your, of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. He knows. He knows the needs. He knows everything. He knows our value. See, but he doesn't value for the outside but for what's inside of us, okay? Probably if you were to look into Hollywood and those people, good-looking people, let's just say, 
they probably have, they probably look better than we do. But that's not what Jesus is looking for. He's looking inside that heart. I, you know, like David, a man after God's own heart. That's who he's looking for. In fact, Samuel, when he went to Jesse's house, and he saw the first one that passed by, oh, that's the one. See, but he placed his value in the wrong thing, not on the outside. Meanwhile, God just tapped him on the shoulder and says, Samuel, not that one. Because I'm valuing something that he's got on the inside. Inside this little boy's heart, there's love. There's compassion. There's zeal for God. That's one of the things about David. The zeal for God. The love for God. See, Thanksgiving Day, I think it was Thanksgiving Day or maybe the day before that, I saw a homeless person. And for some reason, as I was driving, our eyes kind of, kind of locked up. And I thought, what's his value? I thought about his value. I said, for whatever reason, he was out there. Okay? If it was his own doing, um, his own choices, mental health, whatever it is. But I looked at him, and I was sad. Because there is a value in that person. Jesus also died for that person. But in the world that we live in, we're so desensitized. Like we just don't care. You may pass by somebody. They're sitting there on the corner and you don't even recognize them. You don't even look at them. You just pass by. Okay, I'm the first one to say, I don't give money to them. Okay? Because I don't know what they're going to do. But I'll give them food if they want. I'll buy them food. But what kind of value are we placing on people? They're human beings just like us. If not for the grace of God, there goes I. There's a value in that person sitting there. What are you going to do? Are you going to share what God has done for you with that person? Or are you going to say, no, that person is just, there's no value in it. It's just expired. It's an expired product. In the Bible, there are several instances where God goes after the meek, the poor, the one who can't really repay you. The ones that if you invite them to come and eat at your house, they can't invite you back because he saw their value. Jesus saw value on them. Can I have Matthew 16, please? 26. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give it in exchange for his soul? What's the, what's the price of your soul? How much is your soul worth? What can you, how much can you buy your soul for? Can you place a value on it? There was only one sacrifice good enough to pay for what, you're in, for what you are, what you're worth. And that was Jesus. See, in the old times, they would kill uh, bullocks and, and birds and things. And, but that was not enough. That would just push it to the next year and push it to the next year. 
See, but when Jesus gave himself on that cross, he paid the price for everybody else. He paid the price for you and for me. He says, okay, now it's done. Now there's a value to every single person. All you need to do is claim it. All you need to do is ask for it. See, it's so simple to serve God because it doesn't take a rocket, rocket scientist. All you need to do is to repent, is to look for him, is to ask for his forgiveness, is to claim, Lord, you pay the price. I want that price. I want that to be over my life. I want your blood to be over, over my life. That's all we need to do. See, if this is just how I, I thought on, on, on making a connection. I don't know if it's going to make sense, but we'll try it, okay? So we have a lot of nice li- uh, dealerships across the street, BMWs and Audis, okay? So if I take a $100 bill, crisp, nice from the bank, go in there and say, I'd like to have your best model for $100. First they would laugh at me. Then they will kick me out of the store. That's what would happen. But your value is infinite in the eyes of God. We're not even worth $100. Not even 100 bucks. But he loves us. He can't stand to be away from us. That is why he says, there are mansions waiting for you. I'm not just going to buy you a two-bedroom apartment in heaven. There are mansions. The, the streets are of gold. Okay? There are like 12 different go- things on, on the wall. I mean, I can't even pronounce what the, the walls are made of. All the best that God has for us. We all have a value. But sometimes we do things that are against the word of God. We're valuable in his eyes. He still loves us. But sometimes we turn our back to him. But sometimes we push him away and he comes knocking again. And he says, I know that there's a value in that life. Why are you pushing me away? Why are you kicking me to the side? Why are you saying you don't need me? I see a value in, on you. I see a potential in you. I see a work that can be done through you. I've already been to the earth. I've already done what I had to do. Now it's your turn. Because I said, greater things you're going to do. That's what Jesus said. I remember the adulterous woman. The woman make mistake, and she's about to be stoned. And Jesus says, whoever does not have a sin, cast the first stone. I mean, wouldn't it be much easier for him to just say, okay, just stone her. She, she broke the rules. That's the law of Moses. Just stone her. But that's not how Jesus is. Because he looked at that woman and he saw a value in that woman. 
This is not just an adulterous woman. This is not just a woman that was caught cheating. But I see a value in this woman. So he tells her, woman, where are your accusers? They're all gone. I don't accuse you. You're free to go. But stop sinning. Don't sin again. You're valuable in my eyes. You're my child. You know how embarrassed I am when you, when you sin? As parents, we want our children to do the right thing. We don't want them to embarrass us. Because we look at them and we see value in them. We see a potential on them. We see what they can be. And of course, we want them to be better than where we are. See, my, my father told me something that his dad told him. He says, Ali, my dad told me, and I'm going to tell you, we just want our kids to be better than we, what we are. I don't know, maybe a little selfish, okay? But that's the truth. You know, I want to be the best that I can be when I'm competing with somebody else. But I want my children to be 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times better than me. I see a value in them. See, when I help them, when I'm encouraging them, when I'm teaching them, I don't think I'm wasting my time because there's something there. There's a little nugget there that I'm just encouraging them. Grow that nugget. Grow. Now, the correction, the rebuke that Jesus gave her. I don't have that scripture right here, but in the book of Hebrews 12 and 8, if you want to read it, he talks about it, how people should be corrected. Corrected. Now, for those that don't know, the World Cup is being played right now. Okay? So, this is what I'm going to tell you. It's in Qatar. According to my dad, he's from the Middle East, every place sometimes they try to dig for water, oil pops up. So, they have a big problem there. They got too much oil. So, they got a lot of cash, right? So, the stadiums... Are beautiful. You look at the stadiums that they're built. Oh, state of the art. Great fields. Soccer fields. All the best players in the world are there. So man, they're, they're, man, they're having fun there. Exciting. See, but what they don't tell you is that between 400 to 500 people died Building those stadiums. Four to five hundred people. But there's no value to them. That means nothing to them. It's only the peasants. It's only people of no value that died. I don't care. We want to show our best face to the world. We want to have nice soccer fields. Have Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi and Neymar running crazy here. Right? But four to five hundred souls died. No value. Men sometimes place no value in a life. A life is worth a lot. Okay, according to CDC, and I looked it up, there have been over 620,000 abortions in 2020 alone. Okay, we have 300 people, 300,000 people in Tri-Cities. So about two Tri-Cities only in, 20, in 2020. 
63 million since 1973. I'm not getting into the politics. I don't want to get into this. Why or why not? I'm just going to say no value. You're just an inconvenience sometimes. I don't need it that right now. So no value. There's a movie, Christian movie, called Life Mark. So for those of you who watch movies, this will make you cry. It's a movie about adoption. This woman, and that's based on a true story. This woman was 17 years old, and she got together with her boyfriend, and she got pregnant. They did not want to get married. They did not want to have that child. So she went to have an abortion. She said, the first thing they do to you once you get into an abortion clinic is they'll take you to the office so you can pay money. So they put the money on the table. And then she paid, and then she was taken to another room where she was getting ready to, to have the abortion. She says, as soon as the doctor touched her, she says, I don't want to do this. Doctor, I don't want to do this. The doctor simply got up from his stool, walked away. She says, he did not care that I said I didn't want to do it. He already got paid. He got the money. The money is non-refundable. Okay, so if you want to see what, what they're doing, this is a great movie to watch. It will make you cry. I, I, I started crying watching it. I started crying. I had to look away. I didn't want to see my kids see me crying, but I was crying to see what happens. There's no, no value. It's just an inconvenience for me. I'm just going to take it out. But see, one day, we're going to stand before God. Okay? And then you tell him if you're right or wrong. I, I'm not judging. I'm just throwing it out there. Then you put your case in front of him and tell him. 63 million souls that were just discarded since 1973. That's a lot of people. There are a lot of doctors. There are a lot of, maybe a lot of preachers. Maybe a lot of people that would have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Preaching the word of God, knocking on doors, being a missionary in Bangladesh, somewhere in the world. They were, were wasted. We don't need you. In closing, we have Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. See, God has good things for us. He has good plans for us. He knows. He desire. He, his desire is to bless you. See, God wants to bless you. See, I want to bless you, church. I want to bless you. I want to give you the best that I have. He values His creation. Look at everything that God has created. You know, he created the earth, the animals, everything. But nothing gets God more excited than looking at his own creation. 
See, sometimes people want to, to uh, say, what does God look like? And we have all these imaginations, you know, and like Brother Steve was teaching the other day and he had the angels. and Man, that's some weird angels. I mean, they look different. But you know what? If you want to see what God looks like, look in the mirror. Because unless I'm mistaken, unless I'm mistaken, the Word of God says that He created man in His own image. We are a fallen image. I, I grant you. You know, we're, yeah, we, as humans, we, we failed Him. But we were created in His image. Look in the mirror. Next time that you, that you think that you're not worth anything, look in the mirror and say, I'm in the image of God. And I am valuable. There's a value in this soul. There's a value in this life that was paid with blood. You know, wasn't, he didn't take his credit card to pay for your, your salvation. You know, he was nailed to the cross. He was humiliated. They stripped him naked. He plucked his beard. I mean, think about the things that he went through for you and for me. Praise God. There's a, I usually don't do this, but there's a song that's going to pretty much talk about this. Brother, could you hit the lights and play that song? We have a few minutes, and then we'll just close it out. We're supposed to see him or you can't remember what the sunshine feels like. Oh, okay. Inside you hurt and you worried you're not deserving of a lifeline. Oh, but the hands that hold the stars say you are. Don't you know you've got a soul saving? Don't you know?
Amen. Praise God. If we could stand. You have a soul worth saving. You're good. Yes. Amen. There's value in a soul. So don't let people put you down. You're beautiful. You're good. God has a plan for you. God loves you. And you'll make it. Jesus, we thank you, God, for this word, God. We thank you for this people that heard this, this word. I thank you that you helped me, Lord, to teach, Lord. God, we're so thankful that you see a value in us, Lord, when sometimes we don't, God but you always see the value in us. Thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Amen.